Yo, you better finish that crayon. Yo, dude. <laughs> yo, yo, finish yo, that put crayon. Away that crayon. I'm about to pop. Hmm. Apparently, my push to talk hockey is curly bracket one six f one seven three four zero dash three f b e dash eleven e a dash eight zero zero five dash four 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 five five three five four zero 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 curly bracket unknown <laughs> zero zero zero. This is an excellent segment. Forecast episode 117. The Forecast is a bi-weekly podcast produced, streamed, and sometimes released on Thursdays. We are a community of people who love exploring and discussing all kinds of things from video games and board games to film and TV to our everyday life experiences. If you'd like to know more about what we do, you can follow us at facebook.com forward slash We Are The Horizon community, or you can come hang out in our Discord channel, or you can check out our website at wearehorizon.com, where we have a ton of original content for you to browse through. Additionally, everything we talk about is into is in our cast notes, which is pushed out to whatever podcasting app you are using. I am Aaron, joined by a bunch of additional peeps this week. Chad. Hey, yo, I'm Chad. Frank. Yeah, guten talk. Alex, also known as Jack. Yes, hello, this is me, Alex. Jake John. This is Jake, not to be confused with Jack, who is Alex. <laughs> <laughs> Caleb. That's me. And Owen. Hello, guys, gals, and non-binary pals. Hey, just a quick update from last week, uh, or actually two weeks ago. We just want to say another big thank you to everybody who supported us for Extra Life. Uh, our total donation uh, dollar value actually went up between la- uh, two weeks ago and now. We're now at $4,341.18. Yeah. Raise some money, boys. Raise yeah, some money. We did, we did work. And I did some work. Us. That was awesome. Have, we, have you guys gotten any of your little things from Extra Life? I got a I couple. Yeah, no. I got I got my little my little light my little like uh, the the little. I don't uh, need no lights. I do word light thing. I don't know what else to call it. <laughs> light box. I think light box, a little light, little light box. light box. The light box. Yeah, yeah, I'm using that right now as a like a little thing to be like, hey, I'm recording. Did you ever upgrade to platinum and so uh, get the t-shirt? Yeah. Well, so order I, at least. I should get the t-shirt, and I didn't get an email about the metal, but I assume it's coming with the shirt. Yeah. Which, by the way, just. Just to uh, mention again, we are basically raising money still till like January sometime, whenever Extra Life kind of closes it down. So it's still yeah. open. Yeah, yeah, if you want to come donate, please do. Please Tuesday do. That'd be awesome. Just, it happens if you're, uh, you're still trying to be given on a Thursday. <laughs> uh, so I thought we'd start this week off uh, with a list. I have oh, the list. Wow, wow, guys. Oh, oh, list oh, 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 Alex man. time? It's been a minute. <laughs> it's been a minute. Alex time 3.0. What is Ready by Aaron. Finally. <laughs> Presented by Aaron. Yeah, right, this yeah, that's nice. perfect. This is Alex Time 3.0 presented by Aaron. Uh, if you commit to, to that, then you have to do it every week. Oh no, no, Free. no! I'm not committing. I'm not committing. Back out. Back out. <laughs> I take it back. I take it back. Uh, today we're just going to talk about living the cyberpunk lifestyle. There's a really good list uh, published on The Verge's uh, website about mm. uh, branded things that are cyberpunk 2077 and how much it will cost you. Is, is it step one to live this lifestyle, delay yourself for several, several, several months? Well, that's that's part of it. Okay. That's part of it. But you can also buy a bunch of things that are branded cyberpunk. The first one being 12 cans of Rockstar Energy. Hmm? What? Yes. Done. Branded 
branded Cyberpunk 12 cans of Rockstar Energy. That's the first one. Second one, you can get yourself a Cyberpunk face mask. Branded, 13 bucks. Moving on up, there's a backpack for 112, a varsity Oof. jacket for 58, a Steel Series uh, Netrunner edition for $110, uh, Razor Gigantus mouse pad for between 40 and 50 bucks, a Razor Viper Ultimate for 160, a limited edition Cyberpunk 2077 Xbox One for 400, a Secret Lab Titan gaming chair for $489. And if you really want to spend it, a OnePlus 8T Cyberpunk Edition phone. It costs $849. Jeez. What so you you said a Steel Series. What is that? Was that uh, like a sorry. keyboard? Is that a mouse pad? It's just no, a steel it's, plate. I, it's it's uh, headphones, headset. Ah, headset. Okay. A Steel Series Arctis. Mm. I'll, I'll just say I almost bought that jacket earlier today. Of course, uh, of course you did. <laughs> it's very cool. Wow. Freaking Buy into the what was, it? was it like a baby? Letterman's jacket? Is that what yeah. you said it was? It's a, yeah, it's no, a varsity it was, jacket, yeah. Yeah, it was legitimately <laughs> owned by David Letterman. It says Samurai <laughs> down the front, and then on the back it has like the Samurai skull thing. Wow, it wow. sounds really cool. You didn't yeah. buy it? Yeah, it's very cool. <laughs> uh, well, let's go ahead and start off with what we start off every week, which is what have you been playing lately? And Owen, we'll start with you. Okay, cool. So uh, I have been playing more Fuser, being a DJ. Awesome. It's a lot of fun. Uh, they are releasing music every single week. They're adding two to th four new tracks uh, into the game. So it's just more music, more stuff to do. There's like challenges that they're adding in uh, and they're switching up. So that way you can, you know, partake in these community challenges to try to get like, you know, one of the top voted mixes. Uh Again, it's a great game. Check it out. It's a lot of fun. Very fun. Uh, very like interesting. Uh, and if you if you really kind of like wonder what it's like to be a DJ, that's pretty damn close. Um, at least I would imagine. Um, DJ. Except Whoa. if DJ Hero was actually. Uh, <laughs> uh, and then I've also been playing surprising absolutely no one. Uh, some World of Warcraft, both classic and retail. Retail just had uh, the uh, Shadow whatever shadow realm shadow shadow boys shadowlands shadowlands there we go we got that <laughs> i like boys. shadow boys better. uh I know <laughs> chad has been playing this probably a little bit more than me uh chad do you want to talk about shadowlands for a little bit it's actually hilarious i have not played more than you oh okay well then <laughs> my my shadowlands Whoops. experience was tried to get on launch day was like not able to get caitlin and i in at the same time we played for like maybe a half an hour the servers went down and i was like all right going to minecraft Wow, and okay. then like Thanksgiving happened, and like I just haven't got jumped on yet. So uh, I've gotten to sixty. Um, I'm still like part way through the campaign. Um, I I will say the one thing that I do not. I, I mean, I have a, a couple complaints about this. Um, I I do think that the leveling to sixty in the campaign should kind of match each other a little bit better be just because of how easy it is to level in world of warcraft right now uh i mean i think i'm probably about like halfway through it uh and i'm already level capped and so i still have to do the rest of stuff which is kind of i don't know it's kind of upsetting i i was kind of hoping that both of them would be completed around the same time uh and they're not and i really tried to stay away from doing any extra quests but i still managed to do this and this is also coming from the fact that like i didn't have any rested experience bars or anything like that uh, like i started i i did not realize shadowlands came out 
when it did. I thought I still had some time. And then my friends were like, oh, yeah, we're playing Shadowlands right now. And I was like, oh, I'm still 56. So I, like, power leveled my way up. Or not 56, 46. So I, like, power leveled my way up to, like, get to um, get to the Shadowlands content so I could be able to talk about it. And I just, I don't know, it's kind of meh. I, I don't know how other people feel about the story or the worlds, but it just feels kind of meh. Um, I The worlds of it aren't really that inspiring to me. I really liked Bastion, which is kind of based off of the Greek afterlife. I thought that was really well done in a kind of a neat place. But the Maw feels very much generic. Wow. Um, the only other place that seemed somewhat interesting uh, is Revendale. And that ends up being basically just because it's a ripoff of Rivendell uh, from The Hobbit. Yeah. Well, no. So yeah. It's, 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 a, it's a ripoff of Innistrad from Magic the Gathering. <laughs> and so I was like, oh, that's why I like this and why it's here is it's just another fantasy world that someone else made better and they just stuck it in this game um but like the the rest of the places that i've been to so far i've just i haven't really enjoyed i think the storyline's very flat and i kind of stopped caring about it halfway through um it's kind of meh for me i haven't gotten to the end game content so Maybe that will be where it shines because I know a lot of people say that, you know, the end game stuff is really good. Plus, this is the one that has the uh, final, uh, what is it, a dungeon or a raid that is a, um, a roguelite. So right. that's the thing that I'm most interested to see if it's actually good or not, because that just seems like that would be good, fun content continuously running through that. So we'll see. But so far, if I had to, like, you know, grade it out of all of the expansions that WoW has done, it's probably like a six or a seven. It exists. It's more WoW. It's more of the same. I, I really nothing is taking me away from it and being like, wow, this is like such a great new expansion and it feels like a breath of fresh air. It just it feels like any other of the expansions like, you know, it feels like BFA to me when I was playing BFA. So I don't know. It's kind of meh. Um, and then the other thing that I've been doing is playing WoW Classic. Uh, Nax came out literally as we speak. Uh, so that would be yesterday for everybody listening. Um, Nax is in World of Warcraft. Yeah. yeah. N-A-X-X, Naxorus. <laughs> uh, it's too bad. It's so much worse, it, yeah. It is <laughs> insane. Uh, it's a brand new raid. Well, I mean, not new. Um, but it is... It's a brand old raid. It's a brand old raid. And this is supposed to be, like, the toughest thing. Somebody broke down the... Uh, Somebody broke down the numbers of how many people actually completed this raid uh, back when just in vanilla... And it was something like 0.1% of the player population. Only like 7,000 people have actually completed it during vanilla. So I think that's kind of neat and cool to see the fact that like this is something that it was hard. This was something that not a lot of people got to and not a lot of people finished. So the fact that it's going to be here and that you get to do it in, in Classic, I think is really cool. Uh, the pre-event just kind of like started up and so basically like all of these realms are now being invaded by the undead uh, scourge so like pr pretty much you could just be questing doing whatever and then all of a sudden just like 
a hundred like and i i'm not exaggerating like a hundred undead will just appear and just be like we're taking this shit over and so then people have to like rush out there and fight him and you know hold him back like it's it actually feels like a war and it's very cool so as somebody that hasn't played wow since the burning crusade Mm -hmm. uh you say you say the worlds are met uh for the retail yeah Okay, yeah, talking specifically talking retail. Yeah, how's the, how, yeah. so the worlds are mad. How's the warcrafting? Uh, <laughs> I, it feels so the same. Okay, you Owen know, takes this as a serious question. I mean, and tries to answer it. I, I mean, I mean, like Fallout has always said, war never changes. So yeah, yeah. I, why <laughs> change War it? has not changed. Uh, you know shamans do what shaman do rogues do what rogues do mages still fling spells it's it is what it is uh caleb let's move on to you what have you been playing well i've been playing a decent amount of ghost of tsushima still i'm in the second act now there's a nice little um difficulty bump when you join the second act because they mm. had some new enemy types and stuff pretty, pretty good about got rocked by this new enemy type i'd not seen before but was able to recover it's all good uh i also like they they really mixed up the uh, environment, so it actually feels like a different part of the world you're in. Neat. Just nice little touch. Cool. Um, I did, this is kind of an aside, I picked up um, PS Plus because it was Ooh. on sale recently. So if either of you two that have played it are interested in doing like the the new stuff, I forget what they call it, Legends, I think? That's Or the right. Raid? Do you, I'd be super down. Do you have to like progress to a certain point to be able to play that or is it just open or how does that work i i don't know for sure i know that playing it i've found legends storytellers in the game where you can like talk to them and take you into legends mode so i don't know if you'd need to like progress to unlock certain levels maybe right and i don't know about the raid so if i, I, no if I picked that. up the game tonight how long would it take me to so like the first legend yeah probably like a couple hours um, I've also been playing some Muse Dash. I'd seen some videos recently of people playing this. I don't know why they popped up on YouTube, but they did, and I watched them. And then it was on sale for like three dollars. So, is it? Muse Dash is a rhythm game that has exactly two buttons. Uh, te- technically, you can play it with four buttons, or two of them do the same thing, and the other two do the same thing. So you can like spam it faster if you gotta like go real fast on the notes. But it's just kind of a mindless rhythm game. It's pretty fun. I think it might have been a mobile game originally and got ported to PC. I was really surprised to see you had this because this it screamed Jake game to me because it's very anime. <laughs> All the songs are anime. Yep. You play cute even, anime girls. Yep. Even the the hints on the on the screens are intriguing. One one of them is like, uh, how old are our girls? Um, you're asking the wrong questions or something like that. Mm. I'm like, <laughs> oh, oh, interesting. Okay. That's, well, that's pretty yikes. Well, then. Yeah, pretty yikes indeed. Uh, I do. I actually have an answer. If you want to know why it was probably in the news lately, uh, yeah. if you if you know what Hollow Live is, mm-hmm. uh, some Hollow Live YouTuber question mark uh, was playing the game, and then also separately they I think they just said the word Taiwan, and so oh. China was like, oh no. Mm-mm. You can't, you can't. <laughs> and the developer yeah. is in China, so they can't stream that game anymore. Wow. Yeah, I heard like all Fun. the stream, all the VODs got taken down yeah. for the game, but I didn't, got, I didn't really know why. 
it ended up getting a lot of negative reviews on Steam because of it. Mm, uh, it kind of leveled out because people realized it's not the developer's fault, it's China. Yeah. But, yeah, I thought that was really... Because I saw the same thing, I was like, why did this game get so many negative reviews? Yeah. Pretty wild. Government mandate, put a negative review on this game. <laughs> it's pretty fun, though. Just kind of mindless. Doesn't require much attention. Game. Uh, I've also been playing some Exit the Gungeon. This is Jake's fault. He told me You're I need welcome. to play it. Finally picked it up. Uh, it's it's pretty solid. I I have played it. Um, all right. So not counting the robot, I've played it eight times and beaten it six times. So not it's not like the robot. What does long. that even mean? The robot's the hardest because all he has is armor. He doesn't have health. Mm. So it's like it's like doubly as hard as everyone else. Man, the robot I, I lost like twice on. The only experience I have with that game is when it came out originally and it was only on mobile, mm-hmm. and it was way harder there. I bet. Because I never got close to beating it, I don't think. Probably. It's um it's it's not terribly hard on PC, I think. No, I beat it on like my third <laughs> try. Yeah. Let me yeah. tell you, touchscreen control is not great. <laughs> I didn't even know that. it was on mobile. Hot it's take. pretty wild. It's also it's it's kinda I think Jake said it was more arcadey yeah. than the regular version. It doesn't have a lot of the mechanics that the regular one does. Like it doesn't have I don't think it has like uh synergies or no. I mean, baseline, you don't even pick up guns. Just you have a base gun, and it changes to Mm -hmm. different guns based on, like, how well you're doing, like your combo. Yep. I mean, it's it's pretty good. It's not nearly as deep, which is its only real flaw, I think. I had a weird interaction with it where I picked up a gun. So in, in Enter the Gungeon, there's a gun called the Balloon Gun, and you fly while you're holding it, and it's top down, so you just kind of, like, go, you fly over pits and whatnot. Well, in this game, you get the balloon gun, and this game's like a side-scrolling, almost like a 2D platformer style. And you also fly when you carry it, but you can just, that means you can just move around the screen. So it's like you're playing the first game again, because you're just moving around and rolling. Oh. It's weird. It felt really weird. Have you played, you have not played Neon Abyss yet, have you? No. Man! <laughs> Gosh! I know. I don't think it was on sale over. This must be how you guys feel about literally every game you play also, that I don't. Yeah. Yeah, like Man. most of our Man. lives is like this. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Which, uh, games, TV shows, you name it. Like everything that we recommend. <laughs> nah. Maybe later. I'd like to stay for the record, Battlestar Galactica. <laughs> Thank you, Frank. <laughs> uh, I'll go on next. Uh, I've only really been playing two things um, almost two whole weeks ago now. We had a stream where we beat one of the first levels of GTFO for the current. Woo. What do they call that? The current rundown? Uh, rundown. Yeah. Thing. rundown. Rundown's right, yeah. Or is, it, is, it, is that the level or is that the whole thing? That's, That's the, the whole thing. thing. Yeah. Okay, so we haven't beat the rundown. No, no we, we beat the first, the first level. Right, yeah, okay. The first room or first area. I, again, I don't know. It's, you beat, we, you, you say you first beat, level. You beat 1-1? One, one. We beat 1-1. One, one. Yeah. We beat 1-1. One, one. We haven't tried 1-2. Yeah, we did the extreme challenge. We the game did the is extreme so... Challenge freaking cool and i feel like not enough people are playing it it is so well done and it runs so incredibly smooth for how much freaking fog there is i do (laughs) not know who programmed the fog but they did they did so well so i'm around there's no fog (laughs) (laughs) yeah because you always have the fog remover (laughs) i'm just like chuck does seem incredibly well optimized like it runs super good for how it looks especially for being early access Right, exactly. Yeah. You'd think it would chug along, but yeah, it's great. 
So, I haven't played it since it came out of early access. I really now it's, it's still on early, early access. access. Oh, or, yep. Yeah, but I haven't <laughs> it, played it since the first rundown. Oh yeah, and this is uh, I yeah. think the third think rundown. Four, four, fourth, fourth, four, four. fourth. Four. Okay. okay. Uh, if you haven't played it, it's really cool. It's a survival horror first-person game. It's like uh, cooperative. You're kind of like navigating through a bunch of rooms, opening doors, trying to stay quiet. Um, and you have limited ammunition, and you can find things throughout the map, but it's they're hard to difficult. They're difficult to find sometimes, and you got to use terminals to ping things and figure out where they are. Uh, the enemies are also pretty freaking scary, especially the big boys. Yeah, big boys. It's cool. And I don't think we've even seen the really scary big boys. Oh, I mean, no. What's the what's the super like? Because we did an extreme room or an extreme area, but there's one that's like error. Oh yeah, you know what I'm talking about difficulty levels, and one of them is just yeah error overload. I think error overload. That's what it is. Yeah, there's uh also (laughs) I saw those listed, and then I noticed in the upper right corner on the rundown, it lists like all of the objectives that exist in the levels, and there's a fourth Mm. one that's past that that doesn't like none of the levels I click on have it. So I don't know if it's like a like hidden somewhere in one of the levels or what. Yeah, we did a bunch oh, of research weird. on that and could we just couldn't find what that was. I feel like what that means ah. is we just need to play some more GTFO. I mean, we, we absolutely do. do. <laughs> uh, the only other thing I've been playing is uh, Camper Van Builder 2020. I don't know if you guys have played this game. Uh, yeah. um, That's what you've been playing. <laughs> we suggest all this shit, and you're playing Camper Van Builder. <laughs> Great point. Who even are you? I know. It's just the real life version, guys. You see, I would probably play more games, but I decided to be stupid and bet two friends that a hundred dollar bottle of whiskey each that I could finish it by Christmas. Why? Yeah, exactly. (laughs) That's a good question, Jake. (laughs) You okay? No, I'm not not okay. As it was happening. I'm not okay. I was crying the other night while I was trying to hammer (laughs) a cabinet in. I'm going to lose two hundred dollars. I broke his thumb. I didn't break my thumb. My thumb. My thumb is fine. Uh, Alex, let's move on to you. What have you been playing lately? Sure. Um, mostly just Mafia Definitive Edition. What? Um, That's a weird okay. pick, but I'll hear <laughs> it. Yeah, it it came out in September. It's a it's like a full remake of the 2002 Mafia game. Woo! Um, which I never played. <laughs> That's a Mafia so. fan. It's good. Uh, I remember in in 2010 I played Mafia 2 and really enjoyed that. Uh, but I had never played Mafia One. That was like before my Mafia time, I guess. So I've been going through this game, and I've I've been really enjoying it. It's it's kind of GTA E. We drive mm. around and you get out of cars and steal cars and shoot people and stuff like is that. The, is if the, you have Tommy is, guns, is the speed limit thing still in the game? Yeah. Oh my god. <laughs> so you can hit a button and it'll force your car to do the speed limit. <laughs> And if um, you don't, you'll get pulled over by the cops. Like it's, and you, you, have you to, can, and you can't run red lights. Like it's, <laughs> it's so like, you can oh you can turn God. that stuff off now. I don't know if that's new to the game in Definitive Edition or what, but you can turn off the cops pulling you over for speeding and stuff like that. Yeah, no, in the original game, you could not. But turn cops it off. really do that. There, there, there may have been mods, but I was so young at the time, I mm-hmm. I was not aware of them. So yeah, it's that's all part of the difficulty settings now. Like when you first start, it asks you like, "Hey, do you want cops to come after you for traffic infractions?" And I'm like, "That seems really not great. I'm going to turn that off." And no, so, it is, it is. no, so no, it's, it's not, not great. like a realism focus game anymore. But I, don't know I, before, yeah. I think the main thing about this game is uh, the story is pretty cool. Um, I mean, it's like a it's a, your typical mob boss story. You know, you're a guy that 
somehow ends up rolling into the mob. Like they, th- in the beginning, these guys get in your taxi and they're like, you got to drive. And they're, you know, pointing guns at you or whatever. And then when you finish doing that part, there's a, like a mob boss. that's like, Hey, we appreciate you driving our guys, blah, 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 blah. And then you kind of get rolled into the, the mafia. And you know, it's like, it's like, a, it's like a mob movie that you're playing. It's pretty cool. You know how anyone joins the mob, just start driving people around. Huh? How are yeah. the graphics? Graphics are pretty good. Um, I mean, it's all completely redone from the original game, so it's, it looks modern. And this game is uh, essentially the fourth, right? Because there's a, like a trilogy that came out, a remake of the trilogy that came out before this, correct? Uh, there was a trilogy that came out. I don't know that they had a remake oh, they of the first one okay. until now. Oh, got you, got you, got you. Okay, cool. Yeah, that was pretty fun. Uh, Jake, let's move on to you. What have you been playing? Oh, move on to me. Uh, so I actually, I finished four games since our last podcast. Woo! So I have, yeah, I know, right? Uh, I guess I'll get the ones that I have the least to say about first. Uh, I finished <laughs> Doom Eternal. It's pretty good. It's got some really frustrating enemies that I didn't particularly like. Mainly the guys oh. with red shields and the green eyes. I thought they were really annoying. <laughs> they are maybe the worst enemy in that game. Yeah, no, every time they show up, I was just like, come on, man, I'm trying to have fun. Yeah, it kind of just slowed the whole thing down. Yeah, really yep. annoying. I eventually found out you can just shoot them with the regular shotgun and then hit them with a sticky grenade, and that does a lot mm. of damage. You can, also, you can also almost insta-kill them with the blade gun or with the, the blade That's shot the on blade. that. You know what I'm talking about? I don't think so. Oh, it's the, on one the gun that I never used. Yeah, yeah the one it's like, like it's a charge-up beam guns. weapon. You can shoot a blade and it goes through the shield. Oh, I should have used that gun more. Yeah, I should have used that specifically there. Yeah. Love that gun. Love that gun. Because I hate that otherwise kind of. Yeah, I hate that enemy so much. Uh, but it's, <laughs> you know, it's a pretty good game. I, I enjoyed just it. Just base game or did you play the expansion? I did not play the expansion, just the base game. Okay. I've been sit- I've been sitting on it for a while. Okay, so tell yeah. me what you thought about the ending. I mean, yeah, I know you guys hated what the pillar of sin, the sin boy. Yeah, Sinbad. Pillar of sin. Pillar Sinbad. of sin. I thought it was Sinbad's fine. In the game? Like it wasn't. It wasn't the best part. Simba. But there were none of those guys with shields. See, so that was <laughs> cool. But my whole problem with it is you're climbing on all of this giant doom guy suits throughout the game, and then you get to the end, you're fighting this giant dude. It's like, okay, I feel like we've had a lot of setup. To be in like a giant suit as wow. Doom guy, I I did not get that at all. Really, I got that as well. Yeah, because so like, you're walking across those guys quite a bit, sort of all the time. Yeah. You're like walking up and Getting down their like arms, do their helmet. Sword. Yeah, exactly. Actually, I don't hmm. know, man. I I thought it was fine. I I it's didn't get the that. worst so, boss in the game. But... I, yeah. In my opinion, I feel as if Doom wow. guy is so OP that like. He doesn't need a mech suit. Yes, a mech suit no, would really just be fun with a mech suit. It would be fun. It would be fun. Which I feel like is more feel, important to Doom Guy than. Yeah, I feel like he just does OP. what's the most ridiculous thing he can do to achieve what he needs to achieve, which is just destroying yeah. all the demons. Like, like when he gets in the BFG. In the planet. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. He gets yeah, in the BFG good. and he that shoots himself part. at a planet. Okay, yeah. Wild. Good stuff. So uh, he's <laughs> essentially Master Chief, but he's been juicing. A lot. Yeah. <laughs> well, perhaps we'll see this in some expansions. That'd be mm-hmm. nice. I don't know. I hear they're adding no new guns in the expansions because they're perfectly they balanced already. <laughs> yeah. I mean, yeah. which is why no one uses balanced. that saw blade gun except for that specific situation. Like, dude, you don't want to add stuff in your downloadable content, right? <laughs> that's just that's just common sense. You got to save it so for the season. So upsetting. That, yeah. that was their excuse. That's so annoying. It's pretty sad. 
Uh, I also, I finally finished Breath of the Wild. Uh, I'm not going to say much, because I actually see this on someone else's list, weirdly. <laughs> considering this is, like, a pretty old game, but I, w- I won't say anything else about it, other than I freaking love that game. It's so good. Uh, I also finally finished Last of Us 2. Mm. That is a deeply frustrating game. <laughs> I didn't like it, and then I liked it, and then I really didn't like it, and the ending came back. I liked the ending, but not enough to make up for all the stuff I didn't like. I, um, I ended on, it was, like, decent, but the yeah. more I've thought about it since I ended it, the more I dislike it. Yeah. it's Like, every second I think about it, I like it less. I really feel like if you just cut out large portions of that game, my opinion of it would be much better. Yeah, yeah. Because the story, Aaron, you still haven't played this, right? I still haven't played it. Okay, so I, I, won't, I won't spoil it. Either. But the, don't worry, you'll definitely finish it before Game of the Year. Story <laughs> structure, that's good, because we will. I want a spoiler talk for Game of the Year. Yeah, absolutely. The story structure is so strange to me. It's like, you start the game and it's like, okay, here's story A. And I'm like, okay, I actually quite like story A. This is really good. And then you reach like what you think is the climax of story A, and then it's like, okay, time for story B. And it's like, whoa, 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 what about story A? And it's like, fuck story A. We're not doing it anymore. Story B time. <laughs> and I hate story B. It's terrible, and I don't know why it's in the game. And then you finish story B, and the game goes, are you ready to wrap up story A? And I'm like, that was 10 gameplay hours ago. So <laughs> like a month or ago more. in Jake time, like what? What are you doing? This is so weird. I just, I don't, I don't understand it. And it kind of ruins it, in my opinion. Mm. The gameplay is really good. I will say that every time there's gameplay, that's usually when it starts to win me back. And then story stuff happens and I go, oh, right. This is happening. I was thinking that and then I thought about it more. 90% of the gameplay in that game is not like the good stealth action sequence. It's okay. I run around and look through buildings for loot. I gotta open 50 which is drawers. super annoying. Half of which are and empty. When you gotta open those doors, they take like forever to open. Yeah, I and don't half know. the time there's nothing in them. Like, well, oh, how are the oh, animations? Man. Don't waste all my time with that, please. <laughs> it's, it's a very uh, Red Dead Redemption 2 thing, where they're like, yeah. if you have to open everything, it's so, so realistic and you'll love it. And really, I'm just like, you're wasting my time. I want to get back to the fun part, please. Okay. It's not, not as bad after... as Red Dead. It is not as bad <laughs> as Red Dead. Red, Red, Red Dead's the one comparison. where you like, that open the drawer and you have to like pick up Red each Dead individual is... item, right? Goodness gracious. Okay, to loot to an fair, enemy in Red Dead, you have to go over and pat two, all their but... pockets. Yeah, <laughs> it's so dumb. bad. I found out after I beat it, you can turn. there's an auto pickup you can turn on where you just pick up everything you run past. In Red Dead? That would be a game changer. No, no, in Last of Us Part 2. I was that say, is yeah, nice. Dead makes it yeah, in so Red Dead, that might be playable. Yeah, right, exactly. So, yeah, that game's whatever. And then, <laughs> this is just a random one. I picked up Xbox Game Pass for Game of the Year so I could play Halo. And so, after I beat Last of Us 2, I was like, I'll just pick up Ori and the Will of the Wisps. That's in Game Pass, so it's really free. late on that one. Yeah, well, because I didn't think I would like it. <laughs> so I just picked it up, and I played through the whole thing. I really like it. I like that game a lot. Uh, it's really, I mean, it's really just Hollow Knight again. Yeah. <laughs> but you know what? Hollow Knight's good. So this is good. <laughs> uh, I really like the art style. It has a bunch of chases, which is really good. I think that works really well as like, rather than having like, it does have boss fights, but it works as kind of like a boss, like a, almost like a platforming boss fight. Mm-hmm. It's yeah. not like a fight. It's more like a puzzle. Yeah. But a I, mild I puzzle, but a puzzle. I did 
just I, I had a lot more fun with it than I was expecting. It's got like incredible visuals and amazing yeah. music and a touching story. Yeah. Hey, uh, Last of Us 2, if you want to make a villain sympathetic, look at what Ori and the <laughs> Will of the Wisps did. So they did it good. What yeah, you did sucks. <laughs> Very good point. <laughs> Chad, let's move on to you. What have you been playing lately? All right, everybody buckle up. Okay. <laughs> click, click. All right, so there's a couple games that I've been playing, which has just kind of come back into the pool of stuff that I've been interested in. Uh, Fortnite did an incredible marketing strategy once again with uh, shutting down the game at prime time for eight hours, going into a four to five hour downtime for the new season. And so basically an event happened. Uh, people around like four o'clock in the afternoon were watching it. Uh, five o'clock rolled around and the game was just shut down. And it had like a timer on it saying like to be continued in season five. Uh, this has happened once before. It was a longer period of time. I think it was like two to three days that they actually had like a black hole on the screen. Wow. Um, where they just shut down the game going from chapter one to chapter two. Uh, and so we're actually in chapter two, season five. Uh, and I think we got up to chapter one, season 11, 10 or 11, somewhere around there. Um, so that, that's been back on my radar. I played a little bit of it. It's, it's, it's fun. I mean, I, I'm not going to get hardcore back into the you know, competitive side of that. It's just not my style of game anymore. You I'd much, sweat? I, well, I'd much rather, <laughs> if I was playing a BR, I'd much rather, rather uh, do something like uh, Warzone or Apex. Those are yeah. kind of more my style. The, the building just kind of gets repetitive and... and uh, kind of frustrating after how's, a while how's pubg these days i actually play pubg a couple of times and i i would definitely go back to that and play around uh with some people if people wanted to stick it out through the yeah. i don't know where i'm getting shot through uh sh- shot from uh <laughs> it's, scenarios. Just, it's just a lot slower paced and they don't have a, those elements that make brs good yeah the respawning and the mission-based things is the, kinda, the best one's warzone right now i kind of have the so. opinion that like, if Warzone were to make the change where they add more basic guns uh, that just have, like, an attachment here and there, and they remove the loadouts, it would be the perfect BR. Like yeah, loadouts kind of ruin that game. I, th- yeah. I think you're right. I think it's, it's an incredible pace. Uh, you have to be smart with your movements. Uh, the, the fact that terrain is what you're using for cover, and there's sometimes where it's just, like, the luck of the draw, I mean, that's what a, a BR is. Like, you just get shafted because the zone was a, a direction. Um, if you're and talking boy, about being shafted, you talk about like the, the competitive, uh, competitive nature of Warzone. Like, I don't think it, it could ever be like a, comp, like a huge comp scene, but if for fun, sure. Mm-hmm. Like go for it. Uh, I've been playing a little bit of rust, um, at, by a little bit, like a couple that, hours. That's a survival crafting game, right? Yeah. So you basically, what? <laughs> yeah, so there you can have uncensored or censored nudity, and you just oh. in the beginning run around with your willy willy hanging out. What is, what is censored nudity? Uh, what do you say, Alex? What is censored nudity? I'm just. It's pixelated, <laughs> kind of like uh, you know your it's like favorite the end hentai. Of kill a kill, you know. <laughs> oh yeah, or kill a kill. <laughs> mm. Um, yeah, it's uh, some of my friends are trying to get me into it and teach me a little bit about it. The I played a couple years back, and my experience was I built a base, and a hacker destroyed it. So uh, it wasn't really fun, but hopefully I get into it a little bit more mm-hmm. with you know actually having people who know how to play, and they've been on like more secure servers uh, where the hackers can't really get onto it. Minecraft, uh, we actually made a server in the Horizon, and by we, I mean uh, Alex made a server. 
uh, for the Horizon. And if you join the Discord, you can actually get onto that. So I've been playing a little bit of that, building some things. And then Super Liminal is a game that I actually picked up. Uh, I think I found, like, I think TikTok advertised it or something. And by TikTok, I mean a user on TikTok, and I stumbled across it. It's a perspective puzzle game. How is it? Because it looks really interesting. I've thought about picking it up. So if you're looking for something that is as engaging and clever as Portal, I don't believe this is it. Okay. That's fair. <laughs> I, I felt... I was interested I, so for a second. I have only played two hours of this game. And I'm also not... like Personally, me, I'm not a huge fan of uh, puzzle games like this. Like Portal was just something that was like, you know, above and beyond. Um, and so like my perspective on this is kind of uh, bias, but I felt like it was a, like very repetitive, like mm-hmm. just going through everything that I was doing. The only thing that like wasn't repetitive was there was one room that you actually have two houses that when you walk into one, you come out the other and you have to make one house huge. So when you come out the small house, you're like a giant uh, or, or the other way around. I forget how the puzzle goes. Um, and then you get up onto a ledge and then you're able to like, you know, cross through the map. And I thought that was a very cool take on like a puzzle like that. But there are others that are just like, when I figure out the solution, I'm not satisfied. I'm just like, really? That was a solution. Mm-hmm. Uh, okay. That's upsetting. Yeah. So, uh, I mean, I'd, I'd say definitely give it a shot. Um, well, I don't know what the price tag on it though, to say that it's though. $20. Yeah. Don't get a shot. <laughs> oh, man. <laughs> Hot if take. it's on sale, I think you should pick it up, but it's not. What's in the my price opinion, limit? Not, ten bucks. Yeah, ten bucks is probably good. I remember try, uh, playing oh, this shit. at uh, PAX actually. Oh really? Yeah, they had like a really short demo of it, where like it wasn't this intricate. They just had a bunch of like geometric objects, you know, a cube, a pyramid, and that's exactly what you're doing. Chess pieces. You're like kind of changing. It's a forced perspective, right? So you're just kind of like right. moving the pieces around. It looked pretty cool. This looks like they've done a lot of work on it, but if it is the same puzzle over and over, which would be a pretty simple way to implement this game, I guess, uh, then, yeah, you're probably right. Probably not worth a $20 price tag. Yeah, I mean, there's cleverness here and there, but for the most part, I just felt like, all right, I enter this room. I make this big. Nope, I make this small. All right, cool. Let me make this (laughs) other thing bigger so that I can jump on that. Like, it just kind of seemed pretty standard for every puzzle. Yeah. Uh, Frank, let's move on to you. What have you been playing lately? Sure. Uh, so one of the things I've been playing off and on is, uh, this one game called Phoenix Point. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Uh, it's developed by Snapshot Games, which is an amalgamation of all the original developers from Firaxis on the original XCOM from 1990. Um, and as wow. such, it is the hardest, of course, <laughs> yeah. of that, of that type of game. Uh, like a level I, above XCOM. Yeah, no, it's a level, a few levels. Like, like, like XCOM, <laughs> like beats you up, but you know gives you a little bit of leeway and all that. Phoenix Point pulls no punches. Yeah, yeah. Uh, you have to account for like every single magazine for your weapons. You have to finance all this stuff, and straight out the gate, you are losing. And the game <laughs> is essentially taken. There's like this like San Francisco smog that's taken over the world that's turning people into crab people and you have to try and and defend it and it is incredibly difficult uh 
<clears throat> gameplay is pretty uh, similar to games similar to XCOM and any of those turn-based tactics games that you might like, Fire Emblem, uh, Final Fantasy Tactics. Mm-hmm. Uh, but it also kind of pulls in a little bit of Valkyria Chronicles, too, to if, for anyone that isn't familiar whenever instead of just attacking anybody that's in your range you enter like first person view and you have a crosshair and you can aim and so with all these different crab enemies there's like strategy in where you aim and where you hit them and so it adds a little bit of uh strategy to all that um it's if, almost like a vats right you can yeah, target different a, yeah, appendages no and... yeah that's a, that's a very good uh like sort of relation is vats it's it's very fitting but you you do it yourself right yep um so if you're into that kind of game i would recommend it it's only uh 40 when it's not on sale uh they're constantly adding stuff to it so it's got some legs just today they released the year one edition which has i think all the i don't know if it's all the dlc all the dlc i guess yeah yeah so it it if you're into it Check it out. Um, <clears throat> another one that I've been uh, playing, which I've played before, is Stardew Valley. Uh, at this point, I'll go ahead and, and uh, give a spoiler. I got a Nintendo Switch. Oh, that makes sense. Ah, now it nice. all makes sense. Mm-hmm. Two yeah. of these games make sense. Yes. Um, and I picked up Stardew Valley on the Switch just to have something to kind of like pick up and play for a little bit on the go. Uh, because of the other two games, which I've finished uh i now have like a vacuum which so stardew valley it's fun it's kind of like uh i don't know farming simulator meets social i i don't know it's fun uh but since i got a switch i got the two titular sort of like go-to zelda and mario games Uh, mario odyssey i've always been like a outside appreciator of mario and sort of like Especially the old 2D games. I love, um, like, you know, Super Mario Brothers and Super Mario World and all that stuff. Uh, and also grown up with an N64. Loved Super Mario 64. Playing Mario Odyssey, it's a lot a lot of the same. I think they added a lot of smart things to it. Um, I really like Cappy and being able to take over enemies. I think that adds a lot of... Uh, I just... I. The thing that drove me through that game was to get to the next world to see like what the enemies were that I could take over and what they could. And mm-hmm. I, was, I, I was always pleasantly surprised. Um, the only thing that I don't like about Mario Odyssey are the shine, the moons, whatever, um, where it's like you literally walk a step and, and he just like stumbles <laughs> across a moon. And he's like, I got a moon. And it's like, oh, my God, dude. You yeah, think there's too many moons? Yes. Yes, mm-hmm. I do. A surprising amount are just on the normal path you would take playing the game. Yeah. yeah. Which, it doesn't feel like they mean anything. Yeah. They, go they want super casuals super to be hard. able to finish the game. Yeah. Yeah. I guess, I guess that's me because I, I felt like there was some moons that I agree with that are just like were way too easy and simple and just kind of felt like I didn't achieve anything but a lot of them that I knew I was just like okay I know there's a moon over there but I have to do some crazy like combo jump that Alex is explaining to me 10 times over that is just <laughs> you, you just push forward and back and then up and then B and you're there and I was like I, yeah, it's I easy on yeah <laughs> I was like I don't know man like I must just be bad at Mario games because I could not do those jumps this, 
To be fair, but, that jump, once you get it one time, it's like, oh, that's how you do it. Mm. Are you yeah, talking about, like, cake. where you long jump, throw your hat, bounce off the hat? Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. Okay, mm-hmm. yeah. Easy, yeah. easy. Oh, long <laughs> jump, throw your hat, jump to your hat, bounce off of it. It's like blowing bubblegum. You get it one, right once, and then it's fine. It's exactly like blowing bubblegum. You gotta leave but, your controller. You. The hat jump <laughs> mechanics is my favorite part of that game, I think. Yeah, oh, yeah. Clearing jumps that you're not really supposed to is is so satisfying. Yeah, and it's a very uh, very nice looking game. I like all the varied art and worlds. The only thing that I wish it had more of is less moons, more worlds. Yeah, I would agree. It does seem very kind of empty when you realize there's only about like twelve, fifteen worlds, and there's right. like, oh, that's it. Like it, it seems kind of quick, and yeah, that it, there it could have been more. Yeah, it it seemed like they it was like they were expecting you to like get through all the worlds and then be like have the desire to go and find the rest of the moon where they they have more moons than are required to really progress through the game. Like there's there's a fine balance and I think they vastly overshot the amount (laughs) of moons that you can get. Where it's like 16, and it's like, you need to get 16 to get off the sword. I'm like, holy shit, I get 16, dude. <laughs> and then it's like, I, I play for like half an hour, and I'm like, all right, I'm good to go. Yeah. And it's like, I've only explored 25% of that world. Um, so, But I mean, you Mario fan? I, I mean, I know that I'm late to this game, so I probably don't need to preach any of this. But the, the last game that I played, which I fell down a very deep, dark void into, was The Legend of Zelda Breath of the Wild. Um, damn. <laughs> and that's all I have to say about that. No. Um, so this, this game, I, since I've been getting older, I've been finding it harder and harder to really get into a video game. To really, to really, like, lose myself, lose a track of time, and, like, constantly be thinking about it and any of those things. It's like, usually when I play a game, it's just to, like, hang out with you guys or whatever. Uh, n- not to be like, oh, I just really want to play this game. Um, and so when I just like booted up Legend of Zelda, I was like, everybody said this is a great game. I want to try it out. And like my expectations were completely surpassed. I think that uh, the only thing which I think somebody put very well uh, when I had looked up like beginner tips to Legend of Zelda, I had like gotten out of the prologue area and I was like, okay, like what are some tips that I should know? And the thing that I found in like a post similar to that was don't look up anything on the game and just like absolutely allow yourself to be sidetracked. And I took that to heart and just the journey that I took during that game was just like an experience. Like, I I don't know how else to put it. Like I, I played Skyrim where it's like, you know, they're very similar where, you know, you can very much lose yourself in that open world. Um, but it was, that was just like an experience, figuring out puzzles and how little handholding really the, the, the game does. I very much appreciated. I believe uh, also the map system is uh, impeccable. Hmm. Uh, I enjoyed the storyline as what little of it there was. Um, the only, the only downside that I, that I have to the game, uh, is that the entire time that drove me was, you know, everybody, I, I kind of like drank the Kool-Aid in the game where they were like, yo, like Calamity Ganon, 
He's a, he's a bad motherfucker. Calamity Gannon. Calamity Gannon. He's coming to fuck your shit. But, <laughs> like, I bought into it. I was like, this dude is hardcore, hard to take on, whatever. I have to. It was every time that, like, I got an extra heart container or anything like that, I was like, what if I'm not strong enough to face him? And that's kind of what kept me going was, like, what if I'm not strong enough? And then I just went into the castle because there there was like some DLC to find like a uniform in the castle. I just happened upon him and then just totally friggin' spanked him. And then <laughs> it just brought me back to the main menu. I was like, oh, so I can't... It, the game doesn't continue once you beat him. Like, it ends there. And that really took the wind out of my sails in that game. Yeah, it's, um, it's not a very hard game, really. <laughs> uh, there's one piece of DLC, the Master Sword Trials, that I think is quite hard. Yes, the Master Sword Trials. I I got to the th- last level of the third trial, and mm. there's there's literally a army on horseback riding towards me. Oof. And I was like, oh shit! It's <laughs> <laughs> like I used up all my good stuff trying to take down these guardians, and now this literal army is running towards me with bows and explosive arrows and stuff yeah, that one is very and hard. and then i died and i was like mm, yeah no yeah, you're a better man than me i gave up on the second one the second one was easier than the first one i kept getting i no what yeah guys with bomb arrows who kept killing me in one hit and i was oh. like oh i don't need this this is fine i could probably beat calamity gammon with a stick like it's <laughs> I don't really need to do that. So I just left and did that. It was yeah. fine. Wait, you'd left and defeated Calamity Ganon with a stick? I, I didn't literally beat him with a stick, oh, but okay. I did leave and beat Calamity Ganon. Hey, you are the person that decided to do the water temple without the water tunic. Okay. So you say decided like I knew where to get the water tunic. I just That's went just to the water temple dumb. and then was like, they're gonna give it to me at some point, and then they didn't, and then I finished the temple. Very confusing. <laughs> I, I yeah. do at some point want to end up doing for uh, Extra Life that as a challenge because I just feel like it's so crazy it would be entertaining. I think it doesn't sound fun, though. There's there's exactly <laughs> one room where it's a problem. Uh, and the best advice I could give you is the amount of time you can hold your breath is directly related to how many hearts you currently have, which is weird. <laughs> Why would it be like that? But it is. Oh, like how long you can take before you take damage? Mm-hmm. What? No, before you die. Oh, you but just you go die? In, this, in that game, you go underwater and a timer shows up on screen. That's how long you can hold your breath. And oh, if okay. you have one heart, it's not very long. But if you have full hearts, it's quite a long time. And it's fine. Oh, interesting. You die immediately when it runs out? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay. So Weird. it's like it's dealing damage to you over time, but it just waits till the it end just, and deals it all. Yeah. It's interesting. Weird. It's weird. And it took me a long time <laughs> to figure that out. Anyways. <laughs> Let's move on and talk about some uh, news-related things. Um, if you watch the news at all, you probably heard a story about the Arecibo Observatory Radio Telescope and its collapse. Um, Rip. Yeah, kind of a crazy thing. You know, we had a they had a cable collapse early on November sixth, and then apparently the platform in the center weighs about nine hundred tons. Jeez. Yeah. Pretty so, heavy. Yeah, they'd slated it for demolition, and then. I at some point it was just like, hey, you know what? When it's your time, it's your time. <laughs> the the interesting thing is apparently the 
uh, like cables were designed that at 60% failure that there would be like these backup things that would have kicked in and none of the backup stuff kicked in the way it should have. <laughs> uh, and so everyone was just like, well, luckily it was all like, like we were already you know, planning to demo it. So like nobody was there trying to repair it and got hurt or was using it and got hurt. But it is really weird that it just happened to fall apart the way that it did because it should have like basically still been okay and lasted way longer than it did so well, everyone kind of did scratch their heads a bit uh on it a little bit um but it is kind of you well, know what's crazy about that is they weren't necessarily planning to demo it they they had a cable failure in early november and then everybody was like well i guess there's literally no engineering feat to fix this problem we'll demo it and then not, and then it fell like almost a month later, which is crazy. I mean, it probably what Sean Bean sitting there poking the cables. Yeah, that's what it was. Sean Bean sitting there poking cables <laughs> in a forest. Classic. It is. I that's the right Sean, right? I'm thinking. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Cool. Mm -hmm. Thank you. So yes. It was Mr. Bean, actually, I think in gold. <laughs> uh, they, they almost could have made a movie about that. Almost. Uh, yeah. <laughs> Uh, other other news as well. Um, coming back from a uh, twenty year hiatus, uh, a card is returning to the Pokemon trading card game. Yeah, so which this is kind of wild, weird. I don't know if you guys heard the story, but basically, unknown to me, but since two thousand and three, they have not been able to print Kadabra. Why? And what do you mean not been able to? So what happened is apparently. Uh, a a magician by the name of Yuri Geller was like, hey, Kadabra is a lot like me. There's a lot of similarities. Uh, mainly the name in Japanese is very close to his own name and also the uh, depiction of him with the spoons. Uh, because apparently that's part of like his... Stretch. The, well, yeah, he likes spoons. Okay. Apparently <laughs> spoons is his like iconic magic trick is like bending spoons. Like he, okay. That's what he does. Um, and so... That's definitely not a common magician. Thing, yeah, right? it's his thing, Caleb. That, he that invented is... spoons. He invented the bending spoon. Don't thing. he invent spoons I don't know. just for the sake of bending? Not, so... not only that, but he also said that there were some uh, like some of the shapes on um, Kadabra's like garb <clears throat> that were comparable to Nazi SS symbols. Well, so. <laughs> the weird yeah, thing he, he went all out yeah so like the, the weirdest thing about it right is so he's just like hey there's a lot the of similarities this guy stop <laughs> i don't like the similarities between me and this and this pokemon and he was like nah i don't like this even though like pokemon has done this before with various other pokemon and like nobody really gives a shit or cares but apparently this person did and so they were like i don't know how it got to the point but they were like okay cool we'll stop printing the Kadabra card not stop having the pokemon in any of the games or in the tv show or depictions of it anywhere else or like toys all of that completely cool just the card in the trading card game was the thing that this guy was like, you can't do that anymore. And that is the thing that I find bizarre. Because if you're going to claim, like, I don't know, copyright or, like, IP and, like, this thing has way too much similarity to me, why stop 
at the trading card. Like, why not go all out on a ban of it or somehow, like, that it just changes? He just was like, no, nah, just don't print the card and we're cool. You know, like, when you look at a photo, a side-by-side -side of Kadabra and this magician, they are almost identical. That's haunting. Spitting <laughs> yeah. image. So that that's just the thing that I thought was just so weirdly bizarre that there is just like this unwritten rule that like no printing of Kadabra cards, which is why in like later sets of Pokemon cards, they had um, Alakazam, uh, Abra evolve straight into Alakazam without needing the middle uh, evolution because they were like, oh, yeah, because this guy won't let us. And I just I don't know. It just seems like such a weird thing. but. Kadabra's back, guys, and you can play it. So cool, I guess. <laughs> also, oh, years later, there's this guy there's looks a... so much like him. Wow. <laughs> I, also, in in similar news, another holographic first edition Charizard is going for sale, but this time it was selling for uh, what is it, five million dollars? Uh, not five million. Uh, five million it, seems a bit excessive. It is. It yeah. is. It's not five million. I'm sorry. It's fifty. What did What did logic? Fifty it's double, million. 50 million. No, fifty thousand. Wow. It is whatever. <laughs> it is whatever logic paid for, but doubled. So whatever that number is in the last podcast that we talked about it, and it was just like a fuck ton of money. Just double that, and that's what it's going for now. Wow. Still a fuck ton that's of money. I guess you sell something for enough, it'll just sell for more afterwards. Yeah. Yes, I don't know, man. <laughs> Is it possible that with this Kadabra thing, they were like, okay, okay, you win. He won't be in our card game. And he was like, good, thank you. And they just didn't mention that they also do video games and TV shows. <laughs> and he just thought they got rid of it entirely. I mean, and he only hey, just maybe. now realized, and he's like, yeah. well, I give up, I guess. <laughs> well, it's interesting because when he, he sent out a tweet and he was just like, hey, Pokemon fans, I know I've been like the pain in your side for a while, but I just <laughs> wanted to let you know that uh, it's all good now, and I was an idiot, so have your card back. I'm sorry. And I was like, that's an interesting stance, I guess. Has I, anyone cared? I think I, the reason he relented, I don't know how it came out, but I think people were like tweeting at him yeah, like, people, hey, yeah, and that's why the thing. are you being like this? I, I uh. think people still cared and maybe it was just their favorite Pokemon and they wanted to use it in tournaments or maybe it is somehow a meta card. But yeah, people were like, we want to use this card, please, for the love of God, stop this stupid ban. And eventually he was like, hey, this is stupid. Uh, oh, weird. It was just a weird thing, and I wanted to make sure I brought it up during the cast. Hmm. Uh, let's talk some uh, video game news-related things. Um, Casey Hudson, who's the GM for BioWare, uh, and the Dragon Age exec, Mark Dara, are retiring. Yeah, they're, they're leaving. Uh, so Casey Hudson has <laughs> left before. Uh, he actually oh. he left and came back. Yeah. Oh. Uh, but now, you Prodigal know. son. Two of the two of the big hitters at Bioware are leaving. Did I mean, they leave kinda... when they were working on Andromeda? <laughs> I mean, that is, I think, when Casey Hudson left <laughs> and then came back. Um, well, not when they were working on Anthem, huh? Weird. Nah, what a solid not. game. <laughs> Stuck Man, in for that I one. I used to love Bioware so much. <laughs> like honestly, like rip Bioware, dude. I think they're pretty much done. They're kind of dead in the water. They've got like. Mm. Four projects going. They're working on so many games. And at least three <laughs> of them sound terrible. Like, yeah. oh, we can still save Anthem. You can't. Let it go. Let it go. Like, Weirdly, it's dead, guys. 
like the base gameplay for the last two games they've released have been great and a lot of fun. Like Anthem and Andromeda, both fun, very fun. But the rest of it, just all of the rest of it. Well, like the important the part parts. That you like of the Bioware <laughs> games. Yeah. I, just, I will never understand why EA was like, okay, we have Bioware, who's known for making these really good character driven RPGs. Let's have them make uh, Destiny. Make Destiny, guys. <laughs> a looter shooter. That's what you'll be good at. Yeah. It's yeah, like, man. what are you talking about? Give them. You have Star Wars. Give them Star Wars back. They already made great Star Wars games, guys. True. I forgot but about that. It's fine. Let them make a sequel to that. Yeah. I mean, who would buy KOTOR 3 other than, you know, everyone? Everybody. Everyone would buy that immediately. <laughs> but everyone. that's fine. Make Anthem. That's a good call. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not better. I'm not better. It's fine. Fair, they made KOTOR 3. They just disappoint us. So, Well, they Whatever. made Anthem instead, which is worse. I mean, at this I, point... Is that a worse disappointment? Because that's disappointment in a new IP, which is like, whatever. I mean, it could have been like a Baldur's Gate 3. Mm, true. I mean, EA in general has done really poorly, I think, with the Star Wars license. They, they must have done something incredible to get exclusive rights to star wars games and then what have they made <laughs> since they got that yeah, millions like a couple of, yes. a couple of battlefield fallen reskins order. it's like it, yeah they really. finally put out fallen order which is like yeah you should be doing stuff like that right you know that's really funny they had just like zero confidence in fallen order like as and, soon as it came out they were like oh it's it's exceeding our sales projections it's oh like my why why <laughs> I, what well, this is all anybody yeah. wanted they weren't just like there's no loop there's no Luke Skywalker in it. You somebody get the Princess Leia. I, I think it's mainly the fact that they are staring at their portfolio and being like, well, we should make it like, you know, any other kind of things. So let's reskin stuff that we already know works and makes a ton of money, like a Fortnite or a Battlefield. And, you know, we'll just do that and just put a Star Wars skin on it and we're done and that'll make money. And so I feel like that's the thing they're trying. But everybody they miss the point of just like the star wars fun isn't just making things you know stormtroopers like that's not fun or you know having a, a jedi in it and calling it a day like the story is a lot of why people like star wars oh games <laughs> you just summed it up just you like lost me at star wars br yeah, in, in, in like the the development cycle, just like somebody just like adds in a stormtrooper to like the main game file, and they're like, "All right, guys, let's call it a day." Pick, I mean, pack it there, up, ship it. There's been several like big budget Star Wars games that looked like they were going to be pretty sick that have 13, been canceled 13. as well, like thirteen, thirteen, oh. and there was one that Visceral was making mm. that didn't even have a name yet, that that got canned. Wasn't Visceral itself canned? Yeah, yeah, Visceral was <laughs> shut down. That's ominous like for you, Bioware. That's fine. It, maybe, correct me if I'm wrong, but like the developer Obsidian is really good at just picking up a existing game with like mechanics and all and just entirely improving them. Yes. Yeah. So why don't you just let them give, take a, take a shot at the last, last order? I don't know. Yeah. Obsidian is owned by Microsoft now, right? Am I wrong? Uh, I, uh, I think you're right. Are, yeah. Yes. Hmm. So yeah, that wouldn't work. Guess we're not getting any more Star Wars stuff. I wonder if uh, Obsidian will sponsor people on Mix. Oh wait. <laughs> <laughs> now I'm sad. Yeah. Developer Bioware dead to Jake in 2020. Yeah. 
It's a long Let's move run. on to something that's that's not dead though. <laughs> Somebody that's killing it instead. Super Giant Games. What? Oh yeah. <laughs> that is a lot of excitement. Holy crap. <laughs> so Alex sent me something earlier today. Apparently they released, I don't know if it was today or yesterday, a pre-order for their new vinyls that are Super Giant Games 10th anniversary orchestral arrangement, I guess. What? But it's basically mm. just music of the Super Giant Games uh in like orchestral form with all the vocals, which is great. Which they Freaking re-recorded in studio just yeah. this year, which is crazy. Wow. Yeah. Nuts. Sadly, I ordered mine like literal minutes after Alex te- texted me that. And then I noticed that not only did they sell the regular version, but they also sell a special edition. And they yep. sold a limited edition that was sold yeah. out. And, you know, and limited edition is gone. And here I was hoping that you were going to say that. And then you realized that you don't own a record player. <laughs> oh, no. I, I love my record <laughs> I'm, player. I'm in that boat. I have some records. Don't have a record player. It's okay. Uh, Absolutely <laughs> incredible. That's the on, important that's on the part. Wish list. The important part is this album's not three hundred dollars. So correct. Yeah, yeah. It's what correct forty for the standard edition. However, it doesn't have all of the songs. I'm assuming because there's no way you can put that many tracks yeah. on a single vinyl. There's a lot of tracks for sure. So mm-hmm. they probably are just including like the regular edition has only has one vinyl record, mm-hmm. uh, at, which means it probably only has probably ten to twelve tracks. The special edition has two discs or two two vinyls. I mean, it's, it's still the same track list. Why don't they way. just wind zip it? <laughs> Great question. question. Wins it. You do also get a <laughs> just stick just stick it in like a pressure chamber with like a crushing machine and just yes. <laughs> okay, let's move on to talk about some um, film related things. One of which is probably the biggest news announced today. Um, HBO Max is actually going to be streaming all of Warner Brothers movies for the year 2021 on release day interesting well hey if wow. i have zero catalog i would be shelling out as much money as possible to Dude. allow anybody put their stuff okay. on my platform I, I understand like maybe like a small studio but warner brothers they have 17 films slated for 2021 which includes the suicide squad dune the new matrix all of which will be streamed at least as far as i can tell so far for free on hbo max on day of launch for a month well, for and free after paying a subscription. Yeah. Well, sure. You got to pay a subscription to HBO, but I mean, you you pay a subscription to other streaming services. HBO Here. just happens to be yeah, slightly more expensive. Yeah, another one on. Let's do I, it. I would just like to argue the fact of how many of those are actually still slated to be released in 2021. Most like, of them are still on the calendar at the moment. I Yes, but that also doesn't mean that they're like going to still hit that mark. They could very easily just be like, oh, yeah, so we definitely said that all of these were coming out. But because of COVID and delays and stuff, only half of these are going to come out. Sure. I mean, it won't matter for people who are already subscribers because they're not paying for it like you would have to on Disney Plus for Mulan. Yeah, I think that's the main part of the story that's very good is the fact that this is a way of distributing movies that's not you paying extra money and being stupid. And so for that, good on you, HBO. Did that just flop on its face, or did that actually, like, turn a massive profit? Because if so, I I give up on the world. (laughs) I think it made a couple mil, but I don't think it did the numbers that they were expecting. I'm pretty sure that Disney... pocket change these days. Yeah, I think think Disney was upset with the results that Mulan had in general. Good. 
And uh, I hope that just tells them to never do this shit again. I hope Miss Kennedy a learned stupid her idea. fucking I mean, listen. worldwide, Mulan box office was $66.8 million. Of course, that Are doesn't include... Serious? It doesn't include literally any of the rentals that people oh, did through Disney+. Oh, thank God. Plus. And movie I'm sh- was hot trash. <laughs> <laughs> I had said that I heard reviews were terrible on that. And my parents were like, we'll watch it anyways. And then they got back to me like, this is a pretty good movie. Oh, my God. <laughs> and I was like, hmm, ouch. <laughs> Gotta have a conversation with your parents. Yeah. Uh, it looks like it did pretty well, actually, on Disney Plus. Did it do well on um, Disney Plus? Uh, hmm. That's upsetting. It's, it says well, here sorry, by September twelfth, nearly twenty nine percent of Disney Plus subscribers had purchased Mulan. Wow. Which I'm yeah. sure there's bad. a garbage yeah. ton of Disney Plus subscribers. They're just friggin'. Mm, they have about sixty million subscribers. No, that I, I think that is low. I think they expected it to be higher, but that's still much higher than what I was <laughs> expecting, and it meets the threshold yeah. for higher than me I would expect up. or hope. Don't give up, Frank. Keep going. Oh my God, why? It's just going to get worse. <laughs> so the other thing to kind of tag along here to the HBO Max thing, um, not only are they streaming all of those movies, but Wonder Woman, which is launching on Christmas Day, is HBO Max's first 4K movie. Ooh. First 4K content, period. And it will be streamed in 4K uh, Ultra HD, HDR. And every movie that they're releasing with Warner Brothers is going to be streamed in the exact same format. Wait, they've what never had 4K content they have before? never had 4K content. What? Yes. HBO? Yes. Yeah. HBO has never had it. They're the one streaming platform that hasn't really pushed much for it. I actually, I don't know if uh, Hulu has 4K content, but most of the other ones... You pay like a slightly higher fee to get the 4K content, but with HBO, it's just always been 15 bucks, and you get 10 you get 1080p. Huh. So it's nice to see that they're upping their their streaming capability finally. Yeah. I'd have thought like Westworld would be in 4K and whatnot. Well, I mean, you would think it would be a, such a nice looking right show. Nice looking. It looks so nice. See all yeah. of Anthony Hopkins' wrinkles in fucking 4K. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Let's talk about some other things in film world. Uh, First off, Animaniacs. Yeah. uh, So Animaniacs got rebooted, and I decided to uh, see if they still live up to the hype that they had back in the day. Uh, And the answer is yes. Yes, it's good. It's funny. Please go watch it. That's that's all I got for you. It's it is the exact Animaniacs that you remember and love as a kid or as a younger adult, uh, and it's still funny. I think that they're really just knocking it out of the park. Uh, the first episode, I was uh, laughing uncontrollably, and I just think, hey, uh, you know, you signed a two season contract with Hulu. Season one has been pretty good. I'm sure season two will also be great. Good for them. Animaniacs mm. is also. Really good because I learned all of the countries in the world from there. Wow. Mm-hmm. Interesting. They, most of them, I mean, it came out a while ago. Some of them have since changed. <laughs> like Czechoslovakia, no longer mm-hmm. a country. Right. <laughs> That's tough. Uh, next up, Hell All the Time, which I assume you mean Devil All this the Time. Yes. yes. I'm sorry, Devil All the Time. Uh-huh. <laughs> <laughs> this uh, yeah, Hell All the Time is what I'm Yeah, I. It was fine. Mm. I cool. Would, I've been watching a lot of stuff <laughs> while playing World of Woo! Warcraft, and I gotta say, 
it was mediocre for All everybody right. that was in that movie i really expected it to be more um it is one of those slow burn movies and i will say the fact that i am not a fan of those right off the bat so uh it did have that against it but i was like hey you know what maybe this will be the one that changes my mind and i will tell you it wasn't uh and i don't think it was a problem of the slow burn it just felt like it was more of um a lot of those actors weren't really giving it much and also a lot of the characters were very one note which i did not like i expect if it's going to be a slow burn of a film that you have like a lot of different characters and facets to them and there was definitely a lot of characters but there was just kind of one note person of just like this person is a sex worker that's all we got there's nothing else that person's a sex worker they'll show up in three scenes like you could honestly just replace them with a lamp nothing would change about this movie they're just there and i was like that's not good writing if you're gonna have these people in it replace them all with (laughs) honestly i feel like Kristen stewart probably would (laughs) have made the movie better (laughs) man i wish i had watched this already so i could counter owen I don't know if Robert Pattinson in it though, because he looked like he was going to be real good in it. I Man. I will say the best performance out of it is Robert Pattinson just being this sleazeball of a priest or uh, mm-hmm. of a preacher, and you are like, yeah, you like it. Definitely felt sleazy, and at no point in time was I waiting for him to sparkle or I, I was just like, you know, he very much melted into that role quite well, and I was like, it's all right, you good for him. It's because he's got a bone to pick. Yeah, like, I thought that was pretty well. I think that Sebastian Stan character could have been a lot better. I think that Tom, uh, um, Tom Holland was fine. Like, I know that he was giving it his all, but I just don't think that the character had enough written for him to do much with that he could have done better. Like, I just think that it, there was just a lot that the story was against the people that are in the movie. And I don't think it's necessarily an acting fault as much as just not mm. written well. Also, hot on the heels of uh, Game of Thrones Starbucks Cup is, of course, The Mandalorian's Gene Sky, if you haven't seen that. Ooh. Hot on the heels <laughs> is a pretty generous analysis of how long <laughs> hey, it's been, but continue. Hey, yeah. Go ahead. I'll When's the last time Jake? you saw something that was supposed, not supposed to be in a TV show in a TV show? Left there. <laughs> I, I, Doesn't happen very often. Gene's Guy was a thing. I, I, only, I wanted to bring this up because we now know baby Yoda's name. Uh, and I just hot takes. What do you guys think? Is it Yaddle? I it is. I'm okay. Can I can I spoil the name? Are we no! doing that? I don't okay. believe no! we can spoil All right. it. All right, it's look. Chet. The name <laughs> exists. I think it's fine. My name's Jeff. Uh, I I honestly I know a lot of people were giving it hate, and I was just kind of like, why it's as realistic or makes as much sense as Yoda or Obi Wan Kenobi or literally any of the Star Wars nice. names. So I was like, it's fine. Was Baby Yoda's first words, uh, wah, wah, wee, wah? No. <laughs> he had no words. Bad show. <laughs> Baby Yoda, voiced by <laughs> Sasha Baron Cohen. Also, uh, there are a lot of characters <laughs> that are popping up in this season that has been extremely exciting. There are exciting. characters in the show? Wait, what? hold the fuck. I'm sorry, do you want me to spoil shit or fucking not, man? <laughs> hey, I don't give a fuck. <laughs> Look, the fact that Bo-Katan and Ahsoka Katano show up in this shit... Fucking A. I am in. This is awesome. Uh, Filoni is doing great. Uh, I like this is just so cool to fight. Like, just uh, Ahsoka was so cool in the last episode. It was just 
Uh, if you need to, if anybody ever needs to know how you take a character out of anything else and then adapt it to a different live action series, that, that is how you do it. That is how you do it. Well, no more, no less. It was perfect. Don't fuck it up. It's not that hard. Like literally they just came in and showed how easy it would be to adapt pretty much anything into live action without making it look awful or cast terrible people to do it. And for that, just good good for you, Star Wars. Just <laughs> as as someone who's not seen <laughs> the Clone Wars, she seemed very boring as a character. Yeah. I'm sure she wasn't in it a ton. Trait. But she was You've pretty just, boring. You revealed how ignorant you are, Caleb. Yeah. <laughs> boring is her main trait. Got it, got it, got it. They did a great job. I'm uh, sure. I've been, I've been severely underwhelmed by the new season. It's been fine. Of Mandalorian? Yeah. I think it's been mm. the best yet. Man, I. There's only what... been two. <laughs> <laughs> what yeah, I really appreciate about. What, what I really appreciate about that show is the audio production more than anything else. Mm. Uh, yeah. I think, I think they're. Music cues, I think their sound effects are crazy. It just like the watching it in like a theater setup is like it's just a, such a great experience. And I know there's been a couple episodes like the story has been fine, um, but I think the sound is just it's really, really well done. I generally agree, but this last episode they had the, the big music cue they always have, and it was in a circumstance that we've seen already happen like 15 times. No, and I was like, what. Why? No, <laughs> I no. think I think the, the why is that a big deal? I think the music cue that is just perfect though is that when they mention uh, Yoda, that his theme starts playing in the background, mm. <laughs> and like it's very subtly mixed in and like it, uh, with the instruments of the Mandalorian, and I was just like, wait, isn't that? Yeah, that's Yoda's theme from the movies, and I was like, that's mm. very well done of how it's just kind of adds in a little bit and it's just like a, such a passing thing during the conversation that if you're not looking out for it you do not notice it's there i happened across a comment on the reddits on mandalorian mm-hmm. what is that uh, which which portion the reddits uh, the reddits uh it's where you read it Reddit. And you've read it. Like in uh, the past so, you have read oh it. My in, the, in this comment did you just now get that finally <laughs> after no. like eight years okay. <laughs> <laughs> Chad, continue. Okay, so in this, in this comment, uh, I read basically a negative review yep. of the show, right? Mm-hmm. And it it said that I hate the fact that it's all side quests that this person is doing. Right? <laughs> to which somebody responded, "What the f do you think this show's going to be about? He's a bounty hunter. What do you think <laughs> bounty hunters do?" He hasn't been getting a lot yep. of bounties though. Yeah, that's, true. that's true. He hasn't he hasn't gone bounty hunting in a very long fair. time. Oh yeah. Did you guys that's see that like show one. um Firefly? <laughs> Cuz they successfully complete about two jobs. They're very <laughs> that's bad. A good point. Good point. Well, I think Solid the the show. comment further continues to say that like the empire's taken over so like it's kind of like the whole suppression thing or whatever around this time. So there's not really a lot of bounties to go after. Uh and so in order for him to get paid within the guild, like he has to do these side quests because that's his skill set. Uh, and so that's 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 what the more knowledgeable person than I uh, kind of illustrated within their comment, saying that like you know he has probably no money, and he's in the, he's he has a gear that he has on him and like a ship, and then what he does for trade is he does the side quest and then gets shelter or side quest gets food like et cetera et cetera. 
Yeah, we had some uh, had some pretty good main plot development in this last episode. So I, I yeah. would argue the fact that the this season much better than last season has been very much his quest. Like his quest is to do the thing with Baby Yoda, and he's very much. Whoa going from place to place just being like can you help this kid can you help this kid can like he's doing the thing very well right now and it does seem a little like flavor of the weekish but it is also still him like continuing onwards to find you know the the people of uh, of baby yoda and return him to a home I think so, in, the, yeah, there's just... in in this day and age, like the the serial television show is a like I hate to say it, almost like a welcome throwback. Where it's like, okay, yeah, you got mm. isolated episodes with an overall arcing story. It's not like oh, just going from one to the other, having like the one once a week, one episode a week sort of thing. It's great. As a Mandalorian, he is so dumb. Because he falls into <laughs> so many traps, <laughs> yeah. God, where yeah. where he's just like, "Yo, like I need to find this baby." They're like, hey, I know, but you got to do this thing first, and then it's like, I don't know, man. Like, well, I think that's okay. one of the nicest parts of when he bumps into uh, Bo-Katan and her crew is they straight up tell him how bad he is at being a Mandalorian. And so here he is being like, I gotta uphold the oath, like, I'm, you know, the bestest of the best, and I love being a Mandalorian. And then he meets actual Mandalorians that are like, dude, you are so bad at your fucking job. Please stop. Like, oh, that was so last year. Yeah, they're <laughs> like, do you do you understand anything about our culture, you crazed fanatic? And I feel like it's just such a wonderful slap in his face about how, like, the Star Wars fandom is like that, about how they're just like, this isn't actually how things would go. And they're just like, dude, shut up and just enjoy it. it's Star Wars. Like, just, do you understand that we are the people that make Star Wars and you're trying to argue with us what is more Star Wars? Like, just enjoy this. This yeah, is fine. I mean when have the people making Star Wars ever ruined Star Wars? Yeah, that's a great point, Jake. <laughs> never have. Wow. Never. Never once. I do appreciate the... They they have no issues with just running like a half an hour episode that week. Yeah. Oh like yeah, if they're that, all if different that's enough to tell whatever story they want to tell for that that week, then that, that's it. That's all they'll do. That's weird. I, I do think that's a very nice touch into it. I think that's very cool because it's the only thing that I know of that isn't trying to hit it doesn't a time have a, mark. Yeah, it doesn't have a standardized episode time. So you don't they're not like throwing random stuff into episodes to pad them or Well, cuz it's it's yeah. not I mean that's that's a remnant from a bygone era when you had to get as many commercials into a show to keep mm-hmm. it funded. Peru? So, let's talk about the uh other other universe of things flying through space. Star Trek. Frank <laughs> You had a recent experience of introducing someone for the first time to Star Trek The Motion Picture. How was it? Yeah, uh, so it wasn't actually the motion picture. That's just the title of the section. Oh, <laughs> okay, I gotcha. Wow, lies yeah, on the notes sheet. Misled. Um, but, I mean, I, I feel that in unlike Star Wars, which has become like pretty much accepted in all culture, <laughs> um, you know, like jocks watch it all this stuff star trek is still one of those things that to the outside that those that didn't grow up on it, it there's a stigmatism towards it. it's like oh that's really 
that's nerdy. really nerdy and that's really yeah. out there. Like, and I'm like, this tells some of the best stories on like how to just be a good human being and mm. how to like solve problems, especially in the show. The movies, not so much. <laughs> yeah. But but like the show. So um recently uh <clears throat> there was somebody that had like expressed interest whereas where they essentially said, I don't know anything about Star Trek, but they had said that they thought it was bad because, you know, it's it has a reputation. And so it, in this day and age, I'm just curious to see if there's any other instances like that where, like, there's a huge stigmatism towards something that when you introduce it to uh, somebody else, it's very much, you know, a, against that sort of flow that's that's been successful. And, and how did you do it? Like, like I think one of the good examples is: Have you ever gotten somebody that would never like anime to like anime, and how'd you do it? Yeah, Samurai uh, Deeper Kyo. I made one of my friends watch Toradora. That was that was it. There you go. Oh, oh. did they like it? Yeah, it was a oh. girl, Aaron. Oh, okay, girl, Aaron. Girl, I didn't Aaron. Even know I, there was a girl version. <laughs> I had her watch uh, Toradora, and she loved that. And so nice. she dips her toe into it every now and then. Uh, she just started watching Haikyuu, actually, hmm. which is the volleyball anime. Also watched Four the first episode a good start, of. I feel like I don't know. Door, what? Good starting spot. Yeah. How many? Uh, just out of curiosity, how many like Star Trek fans? Oh yeah, I yeah. know it. I wouldn't say I'm a fan, but I enjoy it. I would yeah. say I've, I've never I don't know that I've ever convinced anybody to watch Star Trek. But if I was going to go down that road at this point in time, Discovery is actually not a bad no, entry point. No, no, <laughs> it's not. It's I know I know, I know a diehard Star Trek person will be like, that show is garbage. It is. But it is not. Mm, Only great. because if you try to take somebody and you're like, oh, you like Star Trek? Let's go watch Next Generation. Freaking no one today who has not watched Star Trek is going to go watch an episode of Next Generation and be like, this is one of the most amazing shows I've watched. It's <laughs> incredible. But if you're like, you know what? You want cool like action or either that or you could honestly go have them watch the uh, Star Trek, the new movie, the new part of the new trilogy, the first movie from that trilogy. Both are very good entry points. And then you can move on to the more quality and, stuff. And that's exactly what I did. <laughs> Mm. We watched we watched the three. Uh, uh, oh, you went Kelvin, all three though. Yeah, Kelvin Universe <sighs> movies, and then it was like, all right, let's go right into the TV. Then you watched Discovery, and you were nope. like, yeah, this is yeah. awesome. And then it was like, fuck yeah, science, which is a line <laughs> from that fucking show. Unacceptable. <laughs> <laughs> oh man. Oh god, I hate that show so. Oh much. man, I love it. It's oh. I think it's very solid. Oh yeah, as a, as a TV show, it is solid. I will yeah. give you that. As a Star Trek, it is it it is literally just like pissing on Gene Roddenberry's. <laughs> wow, it is not that bad. Yeah, yes, that would be Enterprise. If you were gonna no, list, no, 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 not Deep Space Nine. No, Deep Space Nine is excellent, dude. Deep Space Nine. Here. Yeah, <laughs> did I say mine? I might have mumbled that. Deep that's, Space that's... Nine. I feel like Discovery is basically just on par with the new movies. Yeah. Like yeah, they're, which, they're which of similar. Do not, which do not evoke I would argue like the, the true spirit of Star Trek. I was going to say, they do, they I do know, sure. The, the first movie of the new trilogy, of the Kelvin trilogy, probably does. The other two definitely do not. 
Yes, I'll give you that. Alex, I don't know if there's anything you could have said to make me less interested in ever watching Discovery. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I like those movies. You didn't like the new movies? You, have you really, seen really Into Darkness? All right, Into because Darkness is really, bad. really good. Marvel. It's bad. And the it's third bad. one's pretty good. Third one's third, okay. The first I, I one, like, I like first one's one. great. First one's excellent. First one's just a solid movie. I watched it many (laughs) times, and I've always just been like, "This is great." uh, Into Darkness has Benedict Cumberbatch, though. So yeah, but here's the problem: it's still a bad movie. It gives it a couple extra points. I think. I don't think you're assuming Benedict Cumberbatch is a good actor. Oh, I am because it's true. Excellent actor. He's fine. Oh my gosh! All right, we got to move on before I strangle Owen out of the podcast. Who knew that Owen was going to say something about film was fine again? (laughs) (laughs) I'm not trying to blow things up out of proportion, man. Uh, Let's move on and talk about a couple board game related things. First of all, Owen, you've been getting into some mini painting recently. Yeah. uh, Why? Look, I don't know how this happened. (laughs) You got to paint some minis, man. To be honest. Like, why just generally minis? Why not paint a painting? Uh... Honestly, I don't know. I have all the stuff to paint paintings. I could do that, I guess. Uh, I know. Paintings are way harder because you got to come up with something to paint. Minis, uh-huh. you just paint them because they're already miniatures. Okay, I take it Tell back. Andy Get Warhol, one of those. Who literally painted a painting with rust and his own piss. <laughs> and guess what? It, it <laughs> looks like a rusty him. wall. <laughs> yeah, I, I, I mean, I honestly was just like, you know, hey, I want to do something that's not just playing video games. And uh, I ended up buying uh, some a paint set and some minis off of Amazon and just, you know, started painting a couple of them. And then I've been watching like at least an hour a day of all different types of like videos on how to's and things like that to get better at it. And uh, just, you know, practicing. And I have like one paint, uh, one mini that I bought from my local store that broke. Uh, and so it's been like my practice one that I've just been going constantly through again and again and again and again. Um, and so I've been kind of repainting that guy a lot and just getting into mini painting. I don't know, man. It's nice. This is, I think this is, uh, it it took me about nine months, but this is my, my, uh, quarantine craft. Mm. (laughs) So it wasn't making bread. Yeah. It wasn't making (laughs) bread. Uh, wasn't you know pickling things or cooking stuff like I was doing before? It just uh, it, it, it finally hit me that my little quarantine craft is I'm I'm painting minis and it's I don't know it's it it's a weird hobby that people get very very into and can be really really good. Uh, but I don't know if I have the patience to like spend eighty hours on a mm-hmm. single miniature. That just seems like a lot. Have you In ever tried? Go ahead, Gil. In my experience, all you need to know is how to dry brush, and then yeah. you make your mini look gorgeous. Yeah, I was going like, to say minimal effort almost. Dry brush and a wash seems to be like the two things that I was like, oh, this is just hacks. <laughs> yeah, feels like it. The second that you know how to do those two things, you're just like, this is easy as hell. Look how nice this looks. Have you ever tried one of those adult coloring books? Ooh. Uh, those like assume, super intricate books I assume this is very close to that I uh, my girlfriend does some of those they seem cool yeah it, it seems like a fun thing when I look over and she's got her like 50 color pencils out and just kind of doodling in uh, other, other board game related things uh, Frank did you recently play some Bonanza I did uh, how was it 
Uh, that the bean great. game? That is the bean game. Okay. Bean game. Bean game. <laughs> I freaking love that game. That game. Solid. Yeah. That game is it. It it's in that category where it's like anybody can sit down and play it, and it's got enough. It's got enough depth to keep people that play games interested, but mm-hmm. it's simple enough to get you know people that are beginners in the realm of of board games, which is a deep, dark hobby to fall <laughs> down into. Mm-hmm. Yes, um, it's a really good intro game for yeah, sure. Yeah, it, and it's like I I put it up there. Like I would almost put it up there with just like just a step above like uno or something Mm -hmm. um and i just had so much fun playing that game uh just like growing in my my crops and like getting the points and wheeling and dealing the wheeling and dealing is like the best part of that game because it brings out the true inner car salesman of everybody that's playing and it, and it's really nice to see that side of people where, where somebody will just like come in and they're like listen i like really need this i need this garden bean and then you just come in and be like i'll give you like friggin three chili beans for that yeah and they, and they just totally give it to you and you just see the heartbreak on the other and you're like sorry this is this is the bean business you gotta you gotta step up you gotta go so, yeah. but like all right i'll give you this red bean but you gotta keep me in mind later Oh yeah. You don't have anything for me right now. You got to keep me out. The red beans worth a lot. Yeah. The debts there's, there's the debts. Um, and so it plays a good answer. number of people too. It's like seven players. Yeah. And it's adaptable to all of them. I think um, two to seven players. How do you play this game with two players? That's gotta be the most aggressive couple. Yeah. Game. It's gotta be horrible. Gosh. <laughs> well, it's, it's really try, good. Try, if you want to end a relationship, <laughs> try, 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 try go get like. Jenna. <laughs> try try playing Catan with two people. Oh my gosh, that sounds so well, much fun. Don't worse, don't do that. You are Woo, just I have a specific that I have a specific sounds... shelf on my board game <laughs> shelf that's just literally marriage enders that we just oh. don't play unless we're with a group of people. Catan with a group of two sounds actually now that I'm thinking about it, like you have the whole board. It doesn't seem that bad for two people. Right? You, it, with every You role, can just expand are... forever. You are more than likely to get something <laughs> instead of having like twelve turns go by where everybody rolls a seven and yeah. you're you're about ready to flip the table so hard that it's every it's going to be the tenth planet in our fucking solar system. <laughs> Man, I can put myself on every six and eight in the game and still and lose because they're yeah, just they're, never rolled. There'll be tens rolled all game. Yeah, it'll mm-hmm. just be like threes, my existence. threes yeah. all day, and you're like, oh yeah. <laughs> Yeah, mm-hmm. the three in that sheep uh, must be nice over there with your terrible fucking planning to get so lucky that there's like... Man, I hate that game. God. Fuck that game. <laughs> Ask me to settle on Catan? I'd rather settle on the fucking sun. <laughs> so, Alex, you've also been playing some more large format family games recently yeah. too, right? Yeah, I just want to mention a couple of good ones that I thought worked well with larger groups. Uh, Decrypto is a game that's really meant to be played with like uh, two teams of four. Mm-hmm. Um, but it is, I will say up front, it's not as stressful as Captain Sonar, so don't freak that's out. That's good. That's a good start. That's, that's I'm good. I said that because that's what I, I wanted that stressful. I would much rather play Captain Sonar than... Yes! Really? Oh, yeah. The, the chaos in that game. Captain Sonar is dope. Like, even as like the character in Captain Sonar that does nothing, that does almost nothing. Uh, I don't remember. <laughs> the Which engineer, I think. Engineer's... Role is the one who just marks dude. off things occasionally. Oh no, that's the first officer. First officer. That, anyway, d- that is not playing. The crypto is is four v four, and you're 
you're basically got uh, a set of four keywords in front of your team and they're related to the numbers one, two, three, and four. And you have an encryptor on each side for each round that comes up. It, you get a code from the box that'll say like, you need to get your team to tell you three, four, one. And so you got to come up with clues that will lead them to the keywords. So if there's a word there that's like, you know, Mexico, and you say the clue I'm giving is sombrero, like they'll be like, ah, that's obviously related to Mexico. The other team doesn't know what your keywords are, and they're trying to guess your code. So the, the crux of the game comes down to coming up with clues that your team will lead you to the word, like you can lead your team to the word but you can't have your clues relate to each other because the enemy team will figure out that they're related to each other and know from past answers that, oh, well, like Margarita is obviously probably related to Sombrero, which means that's going to be four. Also related to a lot of my blackouts. Wait, what? How are Margarita so, <laughs> and Sombrero related to four? Because I don't remember. Because they get understand the translation from from Spanish to English. Margarita is four. No, at the end of every round, you give the answer. Sorry, say that again, Alex. At the end of every round, you give the answer of the code, so they know what past clues were related to what numbers. So you have to come up with new clues that don't relate to your past clues, but still will relate to your words to try to trick the enemy team. Fully do not understand what this game is. Yeah, I think entails. trying to just describe this. <laughs> it's, yeah, Very you kind of have to play it. It's, I, I read the rule it, book it, and told everybody how to play it, and everybody jokes. was like, I don't yeah. understand anything that's happening. To. It's like monikers, you like jokes. figure it out as you go. Like so, I mean, oh. sort of, but it's not, <laughs> it's like round based. Hmm. So, like, for I need, instance, I need to play this game. We like on my side, we had a round where we had the word kid and we had the word ninja and and China. Chad used the the clue karate, wanting us to go with karate kid because that's the weirder one. Right. Knowing sure. that we knew that we could see kid. We also did a whole bunch of other clues that were related to martial arts for ninja. And so that like tricked the enemy team because they were thinking all of the karate related stuff was going to be the ninja word. Wait, you knew the word kid? Man, I'm so lost. This is not... <laughs> Man, okay. stop trying to explain the rules. Just it, it's very well, hard to describe it. in words. It's pretty cool, though. Um, well, we also I... played this other one called Deception Murder in Hong Kong, which is a hidden rules... Not, not hidden rules, but a hidden murderer, I guess, game. Is that just um, a genre now? I don't know. What do you call the uh, games that are like one night and all that kind of stuff? Hidden Trader? Whatever those are called. Among Us um, games. <laughs> but this I mean, one's a little different in that you, instead of playing like roles and you have to lie constantly, you're playing off of evidence on the table. So when the murderer chooses, you, you have like a bunch of cards that are evidence in front of you, and the murderer will tell the person running the game, these two cards are the things that I murdered people with, right? And then everybody else at the table throughout the round is going to try to figure out what cards on the table were the murder weapon and the key evidence that went with it. And so instead of having to lie and try to play your role constantly, you can just play off of stuff on the table, which I think is a neat spin on it. I very much enjoyed that game. So better than the crypto. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I take it. You didn't like that. The crypto game where I think it depends on who you play with. Hmm. Uh, to be fair, Frank's team didn't do so hot. <laughs> <laughs> Yikes. 
I take it you out. want Alex. <laughs> of course. What do you what do you take me for? Wow. No, I'm just gonna... But <laughs> Good you did time. win. I did win. I mean I did win. Of course he did. Okay, but we have to say within a deception game, our mother literally came out like three different times where she like we didn't really have much evidence or or information on people and she's like freaking blade and salt it's alex and then she like threw her like little card down and was right and it was yeah, just like three different times we're just like, like what is you, happening you have a token where it's you like can accuse does... one time at any yeah, time geez. and then you can't accuse again ever so and it's she like just one does you, get, you get one shot to guess who the murderer is each person gets one and she was right like three different times it was insane she's very intuitive like any movie you watch with her she's like all right i already know what's gonna happen yeah <laughs> true <laughs> uh, let's wrap up here with uh, two items in our stuff column. First and foremost, the glorious Model O wireless. Alright, so uh, I have bought this. I believe Alex has it as well. Well, it <laughs> doesn't have it yet. No, it's, it's like a thousand miles <laughs> away, but I have it. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. What, did it just arrive a thousand miles You away, didn't even or? say that you're on the road. I am on the road. <laughs> and my package has yeah, arrived right. not Good on job. the road. Oh, so I would like, like to while you were gone. Yeah, that's I, rough. I would like to say that I'm like kind of self-proclaiming that I'm like the mouse guy among us because I'm constantly switching among us. Oh, God. Oh. I'm, I'm constantly switching what uh, in mouse guy is pretty sus. Keyboard, not so much. I, I kind of stick with the same keyboards for a little bit longer than my mice. Uh, and if anybody out there has ever tried a final mouse, which is complete garbage. Uh, <laughs> The Glorious is just like a better quality, cheaper version of a final mouse, which is kind of a conundrum if you really think about it. Um, but I, when I got the Model O, the first one, my biggest complaints with it were the mouse wheel was kind of squeaky and maybe it was just a defective device. I don't know. Does anybody else in here have a Model O that my solid? I have a Model D and the scroll wheel does squeak. Okay. On occasion. So, oh, that's pretty sure with my Model O. It could I be. Put, I put a little bit of gun oil on it. And it's fine. <laughs> so I'm I also kidding. have the Model D. Uh, yeah, and the, the mouse wheel didn't squeak on that one, so that's why I was like, it might just be, you know, it's mouse probably per mouse. Mess. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I will say the side buttons also were something that I complained about because I felt like they were kind of like I use my mouse buttons for uh, building in Fortnite a lot, and so when I, I was hitting them a bunch, and it felt like I was gonna break them on the Model O. Uh, they just felt kind of flimsy, but this wireless, this thing, it, like it just, it feels like sex in your hand. <laughs> it literally. There are so many things <laughs> that I can do with that sex. <laughs> it's lightweight. Yeah. It just, it's it, you can hold it in so many different ways. Yeah. The scroll wheel just feels so good when you yeah, press it. Yeah, it gets a little it. squeaky sometimes, doesn't it? Yeah. <laughs> The DPI right. button clicks just oh, right. Oh yeah. The, the thumb buttons are are you know that that guy who turns knobs? He's like, mm. <laughs> like <laughs> knob guy. Yeah. Knob guy. Yeah, yeah. The the side buttons just feel really good. I think the they actually used a higher quality plastic with this device, and and it's it's been on my desk for uh, I think since like Monday, and I've only had to charge it one time, and it's just oh, like a nice. play session. Um. And I, I plugged it in. I couldn't feel the cable because that's kind of what they designed it as. I was about to say. 
even I'm, when it I'm was plugged in. I'm curious why you'd even get a wireless when the Model O just, right. it feels like it doesn't have one already. So the only reason I wanted the Model O is because I play a lot of shooters. And in the shooters, when I'm trying to track somebody, if I'm moving to the left, my bun, uh, mouse cable bungee um, would actually like pull. And when I feel that mm. pull, it actually messes up my tracking flow. And I actually like felt it last night when I was playing uh, with my father and Alex um, in Warzone. I actually tracked a guy all the way down, almost circled. Like I almost had my my index finger pointing towards my chest because I was tracking so far that way. And I was like, <laughs> "This feels fantastic that there's no cable blocking this this uh, transition." It was just so good. This mouse is like, if I had to rate this mouse, it's it's a nine out of ten. Nine. Oh, no, not, it's not so good. Going to go with eleven out of ten. We, we got to we leave room for ten out of ten. No, because I think the, the ten mouse, out of guys. ten would be the Model D wireless, and the reason uh. is because I like the shape of the Model D. I think I can hold on to the Model D better. <laughs> there really, there's just, nothing it, like having a D in your hand. It really just fits oh. in your hand, and there like your thumb can like you know it, it, it like attaches to it just right to where mm -hmm. it doesn't slip off of it. Right. It's just so good. Feel? What what has what? How's the plastic feel? Uh, the plastic on the Model D. Well, the Model D's plastic, I think, was also better quality than the Model O. Right. Uh, I think that's just mm -hmm. been the upgrade. They've been doing better plastics. That's my Model tearing. Model O wireless review. Nine out of ten, got it. Nine out of ten sounds like a wonderful thing to just play games with all the time. Uh, yeah. I, I hey, the ten out of ten has to be saved for Final Mouse, guys. <laughs> Honestly, this is the Model O wireless will leave you saying Model O. Oh, oh. <laughs> oh my wow. gosh. All right. On that note, thanks so much for joining us, and we will catch you next time. This week's podcast was edited by me, Aaron Juno. Other voices this week include Alex McCoslin, Chad McCoslin, Frank Rice, Jake John Fetterkyle, Caleb Juno, and Owen Patterline. This week's music was again brought to you by Amer. You can check out his music on Spotify, or you can also check it out on soundcloud.com forward slash Amer. Additionally, you can check out everything that we do, We Are The Horizon, at our website, www.wearethehorizon.com. We have a lot of video posts as well as links to other content we've done in the past. We also have a couple new series that we've been working on, one for a custom Divinity campaign and another for a Pathfinder campaign that we've been working on. So make sure you check those out as well. Again, thanks so much for joining us and we'll catch you next time.